Welcome back to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I'm Dan. He's the other one. Lex. That's right. That's the guy. Uh, we're here in season three of Not Playing. We're doing our little mini series where we go through the Star Wars tri- uh, trilogy. <laughs> it was Once Upon a Time a trilogy. Now it is much longer. Uh, so I've heard. Yeah. So uh, we've completed the first three episodes. Lex is pretty happy to have those behind him, I think. It's true. I will tell you the truth. I was, I was getting set up in the office so that we could record this episode. I was a few minutes behind, as Dan knows. So the listeners didn't have to know until I admitted it. And then, because I was just rush, rush, rush all day. I just finished putting the kids to bed, rushed downstairs. I was like, hey, we're going to watch Rogue One. People like Rogue One. I think I'm excited to see Rogue One. And that was the actual thought process I had. That was followed by, as, as listeners now know, I think to myself as I prepare to watch the movie, what do I know about it? And here's the answer. Not one thing. I couldn't tell you a single fact about this movie other than it is not directed by J.J. Abrams because you told me so. (laughs) All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. Tell me what you you think. Tell me what you believe. Well, it takes place after uh, episode three and before episode four. So I would call it episode three and a half. Sure. Um, So I don't know if any of the regular cast of characters is in it. Okay. I don't remember if this is the one that's like tangential or if it's related i'm assuming though if it if we have to watch it in this order for plot reasons that it's got to have some of the characters i know and love but i really i don't know anything i don't know who the rogue one is i don't know if rogue one is a ship if it's a person like hey there's one rogue and we got to find him and like it's a oceans 11 style caper i have no idea what this movie is not not a clue well this is very exciting and this is the if you'd like me to make guesses i'm happy to (laughs) this is the most recent of the star wars movies it just came out in december of 2016 wait jj did one and then said he was done well yeah well we'll go we'll go into that afterwards how about that okay that's fine yeah so this was december 2016 uh okay do you have any recent yeah very recent this is this is like a topical show almost so i'm guessing i don't know i feel like if you can't put out a star wars movie and not have oh i think okay so knowing this is the most recent one this is the one where they talked about how it's like new characters um new storylines i mean i guess it would have to be right (laughs) why would you tell old (laughs) storylines that'd be boring i know (laughs) what do you what do you know what do you know i know that in one of the two newer movies that there is that one of the heroes, I was going to say, so pardon my ignorance here, I was going to say that one of the heroes, like maybe one of the Jedi, one of the fighters, one of the, somebody, a good guy is black, and that was supposed to be the first black Jedi, but it's not the first black Jedi, because I just saw Samuel L. Jackson, and he's, he's black too, <laughs> if memory serves. <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting thought process, I just followed you down, I think I followed most of it. Okay. So I thought that there was, I thought there was a, like a, a, maybe it's like the first, and one of these two, I don't know if it's this one or the other one, The Force Awakens, um, but I know that it was at least surprising, or not surprising, it was new, and that some jerky people in society complained that the star or hero was black, I don't know, that's about all I can tell you. Alright, okay, well, so you're going in pretty, 
pretty clean on this one. You don't no you don't, weird Al songs. Yeah, no nothing. No. Okay. I, don't, I have nothing. Well, this is exciting. And here's the truth: I didn't pay any attention to any Rogue One trailers or Rogue One articles because what, what, I didn't care. I had no context for it, having not seen all the others. So, hence my complete lack of knowledge. And this one, I don't think has captured at least the. Uh, the zeitgeist, the same way. I mean, I think it was a very popular movie, obviously, but like it, it doesn't have the rampant pop culture presence that the older six do. Okay, all right, yeah. I, I, I think you should sit back and relax and just enjoy the ride on this one. I'm excited. All right, sweet. Okay, so we're uh, gonna fire up the movie here, and we'll be back shortly to talk about what Lex has learned once he's seen it. And remember. If you want to support the Incomparable Network and us specifically, they can do that, right, Dan? Our listeners can do that. Absolutely. They can become members of the Incomparable and they'll get access to those commentary tracks as well as tons of other great bonus features. Now, if you're already a member of the Incomparable, you get to allocate which hosts you like and which hosts you hate. We'd like you to like us. That's all I'm saying. Please, please like us. You don't have to hate anybody. I, it's not mandatory. I suggest it, though. <laughs> it helps to have It's the it. dark it, side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> the Lex side of the force. Ah, so head over to the incomparable.com slash members and sign up if you haven't already. And if you have, maybe just uh, adjust those uh, allocations there. Lex. Yes, Dan. You've watched Rogue One, a Star Wars story. How are you feeling? Uh, it's my favorite one of the four I've seen so oh, far. That's Dan. great. That's good news. I liked it. Here's my take. First of all, as you said, and much more so than I expected, the writing was much better than the first three. Like I knew that people complained about the first three. I didn't. I didn't know that Star Wars could be funny. Yes, <laughs> and I found this one funny. And I don't need my movies to be funny, but I. It's this heavy. It's hard to make a. It's hard to make a movie with no humor. Right. Like that's that's a tall order. Even for like I think you know. I mean, you can have dramatic movies that have no humor, but I think it's. I think it's tough. And the, uh, uh, I, I think they called him K, the Alan K- Tudyk voiced robot. K2SO, yeah. Uh, he was really funny. He yeah, was really well was written great. and really well performed. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Um, uh, he was there with like a motion capture rig walking around with them, which I think lent, lent a lot to like the sort of movement performance. But yeah, Alan Tudyk's great. There's a lot of comic relief in that character, but also uh, I feel like there's some some pathos at the end there with his his sacrificial death yes like he really he really <laughs> i don't quite understand robots in the star wars universe i don't understand why they've been programmed to be both brilliant and have like opinions that seem totally unhelpful <laughs> well they're kind of considered to be like people essentially they just happen to be like artificial people mm-hmm. yeah and that whole thing is a little odd to me but i did like the character um I felt like I followed more of the story without your help this time, which is nice. That's good. And I think yeah. also a testament to writing. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, as folks who listen to the commentary track know, I missed a moment that to you was very important <laughs> to me, just sailed right over my head. Yeah, this is like I mean, a starship. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a movie that, since it is the most recent movie, obviously, and it has a lot of things to sort of refer back to, there's a lot in here that is like there are Easter eggs and things that are link ins to mostly the original trilogy but there's some stuff that connects it even to the prequels too right like jimmy smith's being in there right i i really don't understand why jimmy smith is in these movies at all to be quite honest i think obviously now he's done or maybe he's in the other new one that i haven't seen yet but we have probably seen the last of jimmy smith so i mean if you remember back from the end of revenge of the sith he shows up just at the end there 
That's and the third one. Yes, the one that we watched most Just recently. Watched. Yeah, yep, right. He sends up. He started. He shows up at the end there when Amidal Padme is giving birth to the twins. And yep. you might remember that one of the twins he adopts. He, he they've always wanted a little girl, so he adopts Princess Leia. Yes, or so who will become Princess Leia? Yeah. So while she becomes a princess, we're unclear because he's a senator, but still, right. But his um his there there's a sort of a double message in there in that scene that I was pointing to, which is he says he will um, reach out to his old friend, the Jedi Knight, who's living in hiding, um, and he will send his most trusted messenger. And he says, I would trust her with my life. His most trusted messenger being his daughter. I see. Yeah, I definitely did not get any of that. Yeah. So that character, whose name is uh, Bail Organa, is, yeah, sort of the... He's one of the linkages there. Now, there are... There are definitely a few other ones I mentioned to you, and I know this is sort of more of like a Easter egg from Revenge of the Sith, but at the end there, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, there's also one of those scenes where they're looking at the Death Star starting to be built, and one of the people on that bridge is, of the Bridge of the Star Destroyer looking at the Death Star is Tarkin, who we saw in this movie as well. And he was really, I, I found Tarkin really good in this movie. Yeah. Like I thought his look was good and his performance was good. Like, I was, I was impressed by that whole thing. That's cool. So I think that one of my... What I feel so like this is not we're not yet at nostalgia Dan. Nostalgia yep. Dan is the next three. Yes. The struggle that I think I have is like there's <laughs> there's so much depth and well I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. like there, there's so much going on and you have it down cold because you've seen all of the movies and seen all of them more than once and I certainly felt like I walked away getting this movie and getting the story it wanted to tell. But, like, did not know that I was seeing the Death Star starting to be built at the end of the last one. And just had, you know, there's, I don't know, like, if you hadn't pointed out to me that that's what um, Jimmy Smith had been talking about, I just would not have known. And that would have been, I don't think it would have ruined the movie for me. No, no. Because yeah. there comes Princess Leia at the end. Uh, I also really am curious what Carrie Fisher gets paid to do, like, that one line of work. But, um like I don't know, I I just that's I don't know. I wouldn't I I wouldn't have gotten the nuance without you, and I feel like that's a reflection on me and not the films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there are movies that you know they bear rewatching to a certain extent because there is more to get out of them. Um, right. Once you've sort of like, and even even for me, like watching Rogue One for the first time, I felt like I missed a lot of stuff just because trying to like sort of absorb all of it. It's like you know trying to drink the ocean. You know, like oh, there's there's so much going on here, and so I feel like. Every time I rewatch it, I discover a little bit more, like learn new things. And I think what, what was did you discover this time? Well, so it was interesting. I was thinking about this as we were watching, which was I was trying to watch it through your eyes as like, all right, I'm coming in fresh, having never seen this and like trying to pay a lot more attention to how they structure the plot and how they build things. And I feel like I felt on earlier viewings like, oh, this plot is very convoluted and there's a lot of moving pieces. But like kind of on, re- on rewatching it, I felt like it actually meshed a little better for me as i actually really concentrated on like the dialogue that was being laid out and the characters like it hung together better for me upon you know that this is the third watching for me than it did on the first one where i was like just sort of 
assailed by so much going on that it was hard to right. figure out like oh what should i be paying attention to right now so yes you have to you you have a different right i think that's you really hit it right because you can look and say oh what what are the connections that i need to be seeing from the previous the from the prequels and from the right, original trilogy right. and like i'm just like what's happening right 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 <laughs> somebody so. tell me the story and i would actually say when you're trying to watch it through my eyes especially starting with this one and i think for all the remaining ones we will watch together i'm watching a little bit and this again reflection on me not anybody else a little bit from a place of fear like one am i gonna understand what's happening two how can i make sure i don't hate movies the damn long <laughs> so there's there's a sense of pressure of like i have to make because like i there was a moment maybe 20 minutes in and i have this feeling and i even talked about it as we were watching with a lot of movies when they first start when they're movies like if it's you know a standard comedy no problem but if it's a movie where there's going to be more going on than just let's go from a to b i I, there's some level of pressure that i feel like there's there's even a stress i would say in the very beginning we're like wait what's going on i feel like i want to start a book too when you still when you're learning every character and every name and trying to figure out what's important we have to pay attention to what you don't like there's a little bit of stress for that for me i don't know if everybody feels that way enjoy entertainment but i definitely do and i had a lot of that but then I got over it. I think there's a vocabulary for it in some ways. Like it's kind of learning to like to understand a different language, not just because the words are different, but because movies of this type, you know, the big blockbusters, the big action set pieces, like there's it's a lot more difficult because some of if you like watch a lot of these types of movies, you're kind of trained to look for certain, you know, at times even like nonverbal clues about, oh, like their cameras like looking at this person in this way or we're spending extra time on this or that's like color palette or stuff like i feel like there are there are a lot of cues given to us that we sort of learn the vocabulary of to identify those things and it's it's i think it's a learned skill honestly like i think you know i i've consumed so many um stories that have these huge like casts and all these like big alien things in them and i'm like in some ways my brain is just trained to like Mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna look at that thing oh that probably links to this thing all right i'm not gonna worry about that right now like oh that's yeah that guy's not important you know like when we started with episode one i think we talked about before we watched it how there are times when and it definitely happened for me i think most in this one of the four we've watched so far that in some of the battle scenes, I really don't have any clue what's going mm-hmm. on. Like yeah, I have right, to wait for the right. characters to tell me what's happening because I cannot see it that fast. I also, there's, I have a perspective problem. And I mean that in the more literal perspective sense. And I have found this in every space movie I've ever seen. Like when the ships are as huge as whatever, like I don't, <laughs> the, the, the Imperial folks the, the, are on. The, the Star Destroyers? The Star Destroyer, what are, well, no, I mean, but like the, the giant thing that they're all hanging out on. What the de- is that? The the, the Death Star? The, are they on the Death Star? Because I thought the Death Star was like the separate piece. Are they all in that too? Some of, the, okay, so there's the Death Star. That's where like Tarkin was. Whenever they're like right. doing the thing, like blowing up those cities. They're on the Death Star. The Death Star is like a big yes. space station. Yes. And then there are all the the white sort of wedge-shaped ships. Yes. Those, are the, yeah. those are the Star Destroyers. So the, some of the Star Destroyers are like enormous. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I, I can't really wrap my head around what is going on as their ships are flying around so fast. And they're I, at the end, it seemed like they were trying to... I, I think successfully even shear through some of the star destroyers. Yeah, they right? like they like rammed one into another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I have a hard time. Like, I mean, I got it and I got the general takeaway, but like, I don't really have any clue what's going on until you see if their ship blows up or not. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, it is again. I, I think it is a language that is learned over time uh, yeah. of watching because, like, space battle conventions, which 
largely started with Star Wars. I mean, like, they existed b- before that, but, like, Star Wars sort of codified them, you know, and so almost every movie that you've watched since Star Wars that has a space battle in it owes something to Star Wars. And, of course, Star Wars itself drew from other inspirations, like the dogfights between the fighters all come from sort of, like, you know, World War One, World War Two dogfights. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of a different level of combat than, like, the big capital ships the big like massive ships which are almost more like naval combat like you know like battleships firing broadsides at each other um and so it's kind of a weird mix of this like naval and aerial combat and so again yeah i think it's a thing that you're totally right i think it's confusing if you're just sort of thrown in there because you know a lot of times it doesn't exactly follow the rule of like physics either right like you you know we joke about like there being music and and explosions in space right and it's like no there's no sound in space like but that's you know this is the these are the liberties that are being taken in this universe and so we sort of have to take some of that as red and just be like let's just move past that um yeah yeah i i would say even i have the same like i get it and our heroes aren't gonna get killed right away although pretty much all of our heroes die in this one Um, but but the when stormtroopers are shooting at good guys and mostly miss yeah (laughs) or at the end when darth vader can use i mean darth vader clearly as i was saying is like it's a very tough he is the ultimate boss right (laughs) he's got a lot of powers going on all at once but like (sighs) the fact that he can you're fired i just i mean there's a lot of very like so on darth's side there's a lot of very rapid i'm sorry we probably call him vader on vader's side you've got the <laughs> there's uh, a lot of darts remember right so that's hence my clarification yeah, i got fair, there. that's fair but he's using his lightsaber to deflect <laughs> shots from all over and sh- like he can do it all at once and it's like i my brain and eyes don't work that fast and i feel the same thing when they're um flying like i'm really kind of to a degree um dreading one of the next three's space battle scenes i don't know which one it's in but like i i know that luke's gonna like turn his ship sideways to go through i'm, I'm guessing it's the death star but i really don't know and he's like going through there's some crazy like how can somebody's vision work as <laughs> and so all of that is a struggle for me to understand how they can respond so quickly to fast stimuli yeah yeah <laughs> well that's fair <laughs> it's i i recognize it as dumb that i something that i think about <laughs> but it's definitely something I think, like how are they doing this how is this happening but in, of course in a fantastical movie that is a dumb thing to worry about yeah well yeah. but i i liked it i would walk yeah. away and say not my favorite not a movie that i would feel like the need to see multiple times but i i liked what i saw and i did follow the story so i was mostly just proud of myself that i kind of understood where the story was going <laughs> and it, you expressed but dark me, yeah it is it is definitely the dark i would say it's the darkest of all of the star wars movies probably it is just very like especially those last like 15 minutes or so are just sort of brutal and unforgiving and yeah. yeah like there's a lot of death there's a lot of you know downside but there is like that little bit of hope essentially at the end which is called that, out that literally pass right the passing of that note was was you know interesting it was <laughs> it's funny because you think of them as having great technology and like they are literally relying on handing this piece of paper sneak sneaker net it's it's like a flash drive uh but i like that and as i said to you and i genuinely don't know this so i'll have to wait and see i don't know if I was asking you as we watched, are are they retconning right now? Because like, is did people complain mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. original trilogy that, oh, wow, they could blow up the Death Star just by driving into one spot? That's stupid. Or are they going to say, well, I know from my ancestors or from other folks in the Rebel Alliance that it's like, so I don't, I don't know which it is. 
like if if it was set up that that's is what happens that they have the yeah. information else and that's great and if that's, it's not then it's like a little that's an interesting question and i think we will uh we'll learn more about that as we go along i'm really excited to get into the original trilogy with you Me too. because i you know not only because they are my my favorite movies but because i feel like we're on a journey right like and and i'm excited that we're like at this point in this journey and we're getting ready to like start these new chapters because it's it's again i'm trying to watch through your eyes and experience this story as you are sort of chronologically from start to finish uh and i haven't sat down and watched these all like chronologically in the in the story order before like because i you know this one just came out right like so i just haven't had an opportunity to sit down and watch all of these movies in this order and so it's kind of cool to see the ripples and the things that you know uh carry over from one movie to the next if you had to do over again would you still have me watch in this order yeah i think i would i i think i'm gonna stand by that one because i i don't i don't think again i think if you add the prequels in later though there is i i think they are made badly in that way because they assume knowledge of things and i understand that when they came out you know they were came out you know 20 years after right. the original trilogy and like that was taken as a given at that point <laughs> most but, people had caught up on them by then right? yeah 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 um but i do think that honestly just from a perspective of watching these things and having them make sense i, I and and just enjoyment i feel like getting them out of the way early personally like for me that is my approach is like i would it's like eating all your vegetables like i would rather eat all the vegetables so that i get to enjoy my dessert later like you don't eat dessert and then go back and eat your vegetables that sounds terrible it does i get it so i i you know and i didn't want to put you through undue suffering but i'm glad that we got them all out of the way and that we're free to sort of like enjoy this going forward I'm finally I'm now that you've mentioned trying to see it through my eyes now I'm trying to think about it from your perspective because I'm remembering like I showed my daughter uh who is now 10 but I guess when she was 9 I showed her all three back to the future movies mm-hmm. um over the course of a week or two and it was awesome uh because I really love those movies they're, oh, they're great they're great something and I like I'm a big TV person as I think you know and I your TV I'm is very always, big, I hear. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm always jealous if when I introduce a friend to certain shows that I love. Most The most recent example is typically Breaking Bad. But like when I know somebody who's going to binge Breaking Bad on Netflix, I'm so jealous that they get to experience it for the first time <laughs> because I really enjoyed that experience. Uh, and I feel like that's a little bit what you get. Like you, you, I am... <laughs> I am seeing these things happen for the first time. I, I got to see the Death Star get built and tested for the first time. That's, I know, I know. Insane. And I have to temper that with like, cause again, as we as we discussed in the uh, Phantom Menace episode starting out, like I know these are not exactly your types of movies, like or the movies that you would choose for yourself to watch necessarily. So like right. I have to temper my enthusiasm for it to make sure that like you're enjoying yourself because I want you to enjoy yourself. I'm with you, Dan. How can I not enjoy myself? Oh, that's, that's sweet of you to say. But this this definitely um, my favorite uh, so far, and there's just uh, was, I mean there are likable yeah there are so many points that as you make uh, as you made during the commentary where just the the modernity of the film helps it so much in comparison yes, right that's like a the, really good point like the special yeah. effects are so much better everything feels much more real the you know writing feels much more modern less ponderous less like i mean not to say you can't yeah they could have written a good movie 20 years ago or whenever 15 years ago when they did the 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 prequels but you know they did they didn't and it was it showed that george lucas does not like his writing is not his strength i don't know what his strength is but (laughs) creating um, the characters i guess but the um 
I, yeah, the and the effects, like, I don't know, you can go, go back and look at movies that have terrible effects and still enjoy the movie. Yes. Right? And, um, but there was something that made, the effects are obviously effects, I guess, in all the Star Wars movies, but they stand out as, look at us, we're effects in the um, prequels that we watched. Yeah. And in this one, like, they were not, they didn't scream to me look at me look at me they wanted to feel real they wanted to feel like they had a sense of place and presence in the film and i i i didn't verbalize it while we were watching this exactly i made a reference to it but there's something about the way that the things have been weathered and aged in this one that didn't feel fake and it even made it feel like like some of the technology we were seeing was already old then Mm -hmm. at the time Mm -hmm. the movie is taking place and i thought that was really cool because it's clearly all futuristic despite being said a long long time ago uh conundrum i'll never quite wrap my head around but the the fact that it felt like you know used or uh, you know just lived in like, right oldies version of technology i really like that and just i i think we talked about it at one point when something was streaking across the sky and it had some exhaust and it was casting a shadow and it just it felt like it was there and like that that i could take it for granted in a way that really i think uh, neutralized it a bit in a way that worked for me. Yeah, the sense. the lived in sort of worn aspect of everything is is one of the things that I love a lot about this this as a franchise and the the prequels don't do as good a job of that and some of that is intentional on their part I know because they're know, less used. Yeah, well it's supposed to represent that sort of the pre-downfall of right like the empire right. and so things are more utopic and I, I you know I understand what they're going for. I don't think it it quite hits and that's you know it's uh, on the list of things wrong with the prequels that's pretty far down for me but it is <laughs> it is part of the experience and feeling like everything is much shinier and much more perfect and that feels more uh just d- discombobulating to me in this universe since i'm so used to all the the sort of worn uh dirty aspects of it and and i think that this does uh, do a really nice job and and something we'll we'll look into when we get into the next um the next installment is the impressiveness with which they do some continuity here with the with the old original trilogy as well in terms of just the look and feel. So talk me through the very last moments of what we just saw because I do want to make sure I understood those. I got that we had uh, Princess Leia there. Mm-hmm. And I guess she's been sent by Jimmy Smith. But who? Uh, it, it all happened so fast right there at the end. Like I almost would go back and watch those last moments again. Who's gone where to see her, and what's what is what is being communicated between them? Okay, well, so she is at the Battle of Scarif with everybody else, uh, she, where, they, where we just ended the movie, where we just ended the movie, right? That big fight, yeah. And uh, so we saw the, the planet people, they have just demolished. Well, they, they did part of it, right? Like they blew right. up the, they made like a tidal wave. Essentially, it looked like yes. Um, and so we've had the plans uploaded from Scarif, and we've had them transmitted and put on that disc, which they're handing to each other. Right, right, and they're doing sort of the handoff of the disc that contains yep. the Death and then Star the plans. Sh- escape pod situation happens of some sort. Well, so they they hand the disc over to you know the guy who runs down the corridor, and then we see the ship come out of the larger ship, and yep. Darth Vader is left there like standing and watching it go. And we yep. know Princess Leia and he could just stand out in space, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, Princess Leia is uh, on that ship. Oh, and, she was, so she was right there. Yeah. So I thought that maybe they had traveled somewhere to meet her, but she was just standing there. She was already on this part. She was already on that ship. Yeah. She was already on that ship and someone, they hand her the plans and, you know, they ask what they are and she says they're hope and then they jump to hyperspace and that's, that's exactly where it la- leaves off. How does she know what they are already? 
Well, they've, they're they're at this big battle, right? Like the rebels are, yeah. they're communicating. So they know that they've been sent these plans because they're trying to get them out, right? Like the whole so, point is to get the plans and like take them. Well, so show me the part that I'm missing then because <laughs> I hope this is very informative for the listeners about dumb Lex Friedman watching Star Wars. But, uh, um, oh, I'm not going to remember any characters' names, but our, the, the heroine of the film, <laughs> whose name is, she Jin, has two different Jin. names. Jin. Jin, she knows the weakness of the Death Star because she watched the hologram message from ah, her father. Yes, yeah. There, there's a and that there, took a couple seconds. There's a detail in there, which is to say, during that message, he says, basically, if you can blow up the reactor, right, like the thing that powers it, like it will chain reaction and destroy everything. But right. in order to get to that, you need the the plans because they show where the where the weakness so that's what is they were to working it. to steal was the plans right there's the plans like show them where to basically where do you have to shoot this thing in order to get that flaw like to make that flaw uh take advantage of that flaw got it because you can tell someone like i can tell you oh yeah uh you know that that car the engine is the vulnerability like you hit that engine the whole thing falls apart but right. you i still have to tell you like all right this is where you have to like hit the engine in order for that got to it. happen so that's what they're stealing when they're going through all the uh, platter hard drives. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, got it. And so they had to upload that data of the actual schematics or whatever it is yep. so that you know where the reactor is. There you go. Okay. Yeah, now so I'm that's there. what Princess Leia has, and she's running away, and Darth I got Vader the, is I got that the, that was what I was, that I, they did have to do, so I just didn't quite get why, but now I understand. You there you go. Explain it to there you again. go. Yeah. Helped by Dan Morin again. <laughs> that's my role here. I am, I am <laughs> but a humble Jedi master to your Padawan. <laughs> You're the Star Wars Whisperer. <laughs> I, I am the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, any last isn't thoughts? It really, isn't it really, though, wars between, uh, you know, different kinds of people and aliens as opposed to the stars it's, themselves? It's deep, dude. It's deep. The, war, the wars take place against a backdrop of stars. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, Dan, I am excited to watch the original trilogy over the next several weeks with you. As am I. I am super excited. Uh, the pressure's on, though. I'm not going to lie. We'll I know, probably talk about it more next time. Yeah. Like, well, I can only be honest with you, but I want to like them. Good. So that's All where right. I'm starting from. Well, I am hopeful that you will. Uh, and I and, bet that they have to be a little bit simpler, right? Because they're starting, this is just a guess, but they're starting with everybody had no context for the first one. The first one has to right, explain right, everything that's right, happening right. in it because right. it's everybody's first one. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how your previous context of now seeing four movies like how that leads into how you perceive these next movies right because like you said most people went in having seen nothing because nothing else existed you're coming in having seen i've got a a whole bunch of yeah you've got a bunch of backstory so i'm curious to see what your connections you're making i mean so yeah i'm excited synapses are ready to fire that's all i'm telling you excellent well uh i'm glad that we enjoyed rogue one i look forward to moving on to episode four which we'll be back with next time and until then keep Keep watching watching the the stars Watch me for the changes and try and keep up. (laughs) It's her cousin, Red Leader Marvin.